I want to change lives. I want to show people how to progress in their money. I want to show people how to progress in their mindset. I want to show people how to progress in their brand so that way they can take care of their family, take care of their finances, and experience freedom. All right, so welcome to The Progression Show. Man, I am so excited because our guest has long made it in his business to understand how to develop a brand. And you know what I'm talking about when I say go global, this man is right behind that. You know, some people that he has worked with, you might be familiar with it, you know, Intel, Tektronix, Sequent, I mean, Freightliner, Freightliner, oh my gosh, these huge companies, the person I'm bringing up to you today on The Progression Show is behind them. Jerry, he's the CEO of his own marketing and consulting firm. He's, he's now going into his 30th year, and he's been a professional speaker with international credentials. He's an author of three books, as well as he has a seven audio program series and four video programs. Let's bring to the stage, bring to the front page, the Jerry Fletcher. Man, thank you so much, Jerry, for being a part of the Progression Show today. Well, thank you for having me, and it's like, Who's that guy you're talking about? He sounds pretty cool. I'd like to talk to him. <laughs> right, my man. This dude, obviously, that I was just talking about, which is you, by the way, <laughs> is someone who's phenomenal in the business space, a good friend, a mentor, and a, someone I look up to as a brother who is in the same space as me in brand domination and teaching people how to grow their brand. Jerry, let's backtrack a bit. So I see what you're doing now. You have a successful business. You're going into your 30th year in running your enterprise and supporting so many entrepreneurs, brands, and companies to grow and scale their marketing and get known in the space. But before this, before you started doing this, who was Jerry Fletcher? What were you doing before, let's say before 30 years ago? Well, uh, at that point when I started doing this, uh, I was the CEO of a, the largest business to business advertising agency in Portland, Oregon, uh, which most people know about is, you know, come from, you know, they know about Nike and Widen and Kennedy. Well, we were the flip side. Widen and Kennedy did all the consumer stuff. We did all the business stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. it was kind of fun. I basically helped introduce new products, new services, new companies uh, for all over the world. In fact, probably the, Probably the most, the, the, the best known one, and it's not that well known, but it was really kind of fun. It was an outfit called Digimark, um, which I helped name, and I was their marketing consultant initially. Uh, and we started out literally in a garage, just like almost high-tech things. started in a garage? In a garage. That's crazy. A dirt-floored garage, okay, where the guy that invented this, this whole thing, uh, he asked me to come in and take a look at it, and I did, and I went, so all I see is a picture of a little girl on the screen. He said, yeah, but what you don't see is what's behind it. A thing called steganography, which is where you hide information in graphics. How do you say, how do you, how, how do you say that word? Steganography. How do you spell it? Uh, oh, good luck. S-T-E-G-A-N-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y, I think. Don't, wow. don't so the I def so the, the definition of steganography is a technique of hiding secret data within an ordinary non-secret file or message in order to avoid the, the detection. The secret data is then extracted at its destination. The use of steganography can be combined with encryption as an extra step for hiding or protecting data. So in art, you're saying in art there's data. They, in this experience that you had, there was data that was being hidden through the photo. 
you can hide it in a photo, you can hide it in a piece of art, you can hide it in a three-dimensional object if you knew how to do it. The fact is, this, this, this stuff was revolutionary. And of course, we started trying to figure out where to sell it, who would buy it, who would use it, right? And <laughs> what it came down to was that people that had anything to do with money and with financial paperwork, that sort of thing, were really interested in it. So it's now used in, let's see, you've heard of the G8, which is the top eight countries in the world and the ones with the biggest uh, uh, financial operations, right? Mm -hmm. It's now used by seven of those eight countries. It is not used in the United States because, quote, it was not invented here. Who would use it, though? Who, who, is it the military? Who, who would use this? Anybody, anybody can use it. Uh, the primary use is in things that like money. It's one of the ways that all the other currencies in the world make sure that it's their currency and there are ways to check it and you just put it into a computer and it'll read it and it's either there or it's not. But it's also used um, as a way to make sure that copyrights are maintained on all kinds of photography and so on. All the stuff you see online, one of the capabilities they have is to give photographers the ability to put that into their uh, uh, activities, uh, any kind of prints they're making, even the digital print have it. So it's used in all kinds of things where you want to hide that information, but where, where you want to make sure that you've got something that says, this is mine. Okay. Very, very straightforward. It was a fun company. We, we took it through the point of uh, actually taking it public. That was a party. Oh man. Can you imagine being in a room in a party where there's four, five, six, eight tables of people, big eights or tens or whatever. And there's nobody in the room worth less than $4 million. Damn. That is one hell of a party. Yeah. So anyway, so I helped. Yeah. When I started out, literally, this was shown to me because uh, I, I told the, the inventor that something else he wanted to do was not going to work. We tried it anyway. And he said, you're right. It didn't work. Let me show you something else. And when he showed it to me, I was going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I went home, told my wife, uh, I've just seen the next Xerox. And she went, what? She couldn't understand what I was talking about because it's a very difficult thing to understand. Right, right, um, right. But anyway, uh, that was fun. That was my, my first really big consulting gig, and I really had a fun time with it. Uh, so what are you doing now? What do you, what do you do nowadays? These days, I'm more working with um, high-end executive consultant kinds of folks, um, management types, leadership types. Uh, negotiators, uh, certified financial planners, lawyers, uh, accountants, really high-end folks. Um, and the reason is most of them get to a certain point and they need a little something more to take them over the edge, to get them into the six-figure comfortable kind of mm -hmm. arena. And what I help them do is figure out how to identify themselves. Probably, well, one of the best ones uh, that I've had, uh, and he's still a client for after what, seven years, eight years? Um, Jim was uh, out there. He was doing fine. He was, you know, making a living. But he wasn't doing as well as he was hoping to. Uh, and he decided that he was going to stop going into companies and reworking them, making sure they were okay. You know, the, the guy you hire is the, is the COO or the CEO to take care of it and get it back up and running, right? He got tired of that. And he said, well, I'm going to start consulting. Well, we were having breakfast and I said, Jim, do you realize, of course, that you, you're going to have to have a full team? And he went, what do you mean? I said, well, when you go into a company, 
what you do is you 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 could give a command and people say you know you know, say jump and they say how high right right but when you're a consultant you don't have that ability you have to convince or persuade or find a way to get people to do what you think needs to be done and you're not in control and that gave him pause and about a week later he called me he said okay we need to talk i said fine we agreed that I'd rework his website and I'd ask him some questions and I started asking questions and it's the same questions I always ask, to, which is my basic thing that I do, which is 30 second marketing. And the first question is, okay, so how do people identify you? And he went, what do you mean? They just call me by my name. I said, well, yeah, but how do they know what you do? He said, well, I, and he kept stumbling around. I said, okay, have you got any testimonials? I said, he said, yeah. I said, okay, let me look at the testimonials. So I look at the sheet of testimonials. And on one of those testimonials, it said, working with him was like driving through the fog. I went, hmm, isn't that interesting? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, this guy's talking about how you helped him get to clarity. Um, what if we just simply said that you're the defogger? And Jim looked at me and said, you're nuts. <laughs> I went, no, I'm not. Let's try it. So he tried it. About a week later, my phone rings. He said, everybody understands it. Nobody forgets it. And you know what? My revenues are going up. Mm. Went, oh, okay. Mm. So he's been with me now for eight years. I tend to do all kinds of good things for him, help him with all of his uh, publications and all of his special activities. The thing you'll find interesting, Andy, is that one of the things I suggested to him early on is you need to start speaking in order to get more clients. Yeah. And he said, and he said, well, okay, fine, but how do I do that? He said, well, for starters, you've written this book about succession and succession planning. Why, why, why would that be important, though? Why would that be important for him to start speaking? If you want to get to more clients more quickly than any other way, that's the best way I know. If you're doing it one at a time, that's tough. But if you can speak to anywhere up to 100, 200 people in a room, you're going to do better, okay? In the case of high-end consultants, they tend to speak to no more than 20 to 30 in the room, but it's a way for them to get new clients very quickly and very cleanly. So we did the thing on succession. But what we did was combine his activities with that of a uh, – a mergers and acquisition firm and a law firm because all those things are needed if you're going to have someone buy your firm. Uh, and so they started doing it, but they needed a partner to get a way to get this whole thing done. So what they did was they partnered with banks again at my suggestion. Now they're on their, I believe third or fourth bank and they've now done the presentation, I think six times. Every time they do it, each one of them profits with new clients. And the key there is that they're providing great information at the right time. And literally the phone may ring the next day or it may ring a year later, but because of what they do, they're generating business for Jim. It's business. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, he gets it right up front because he explains how you have to do things today to get your business ready for the sale tomorrow, which is very powerful. And the thing that happens, uh, because of some of the other things that he does. In fact, one we're building a new product on right now. In fact, we're about to launch a new uh, speaking setup for that. But one of the things he does, we, you know, we finally, 
kept interviewing folks because I like to interview the folks that he's worked with and get testimonials, which we get on video. And one of the things that we found was that they kept saying the same thing. Yeah, he really gives you clarity. He takes you through the fog. He's the defogger, but he's really fast. He makes you get the answers in a hurry. So I said to Jim, I said, let's call it your, let's, let's change to the defogger and accelerator. What do you think? He said, fine, let's do it. They did it. About, oh, I think it was November of last year, <clears throat> one of his clients, his former clients, who ran a physical therapy operation, the largest in this part of the country, um, spoke at the convention for physical therapy companies in the United States. He'd been the former president, but he couldn't speak until he left that presidency of that organization. But he'd sold his company based on the information and the, and the direction that Jim had provided. And in that uh, speech that he made, he said, you know, this is the guy that helped me. I had a picture of him up on the screen and said he's the defogger and accelerator. When he finished, the owner of the largest physical therapy company in the country walked up to him and said, where do I get me some of this defogger stuff? Ha, 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 ha. So it's, it's, it was you bringing them through that journey and getting him clear on how to communicate his products and services that supported him in the growth of his business. That's what I do these days. And I do it for a number of really high-end kinds of consultants. It's, 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 it's very rewarding because I get to use all my skills and I get to help them build their skills. And we, we, we don't just stick to that. There are situations like uh, value-based pricing and value-based proposals and that sort of thing that some high-end consultants are really not that familiar with and need a little help with. Um, again, I, I'm in the process now with uh, a couple new ones. And one of the things they're discovering is that what they thought they had to sell is not what they sell. So you have to have someone that you can talk to who can understand the vernacular of the folks, the words that are used by the, the kind of folks you're selling to in order to help it, help them understand who you are and what you do. I mean, 30 second marketing is very simple. I mean, literally I, I, I had to figure out how to do this to get rid of that elevator pitch. You've heard about yeah. elevator pitches. Yeah, I've heard about the elevator pitch. Yep. I want you to do this as a friend, take the elevator pitch and put it out to pasture, get rid of it because you don't want to hear it. And more importantly, you don't want to do it. So what you're saying is that the elevator pitch is gone. The new wave is 30 second marketing. Well, I don't know whether it's the new wave or not, but it's what I teach. And the, and the fact is, I mean, let's, let's get real 30 second marketing replaces the elevator pitch in a way, but it does it with a little bit of sense. For instance, you ever been somewhere and somebody comes up to you and they start telling you all about themselves and just on and on and on and on, and then they hand you a card or they hand you a brochure and they leave and you feel bloodied there in the water, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay, that's the elevator pitch. Wow. But, Okay. Now remember, you know, you know this as well as I do. You know, you've got three seconds to identify yourself. Three seconds, whether it's online or in person or whatever. Okay. So if you've got that and somebody says to you, what do you do? You have to have an answer. Okay. And it has to be an answer that you can deliver in three seconds or less. Okay. And it has to be something that will get their attention. I call it a hook, a memorable hook. Okay. I'll give you an example. When I was 
my daughter was going to go to college and I had to have something to do. And I was a, you know, a consultant. I said, well, what can I do? Well, I can do web pages. So I said, I started saying in meetings and my web people and so on, I build web pages that make rain. And people would kind of look, look at you like, what? That's a hook. Okay. Now you go from the hook to what I call the hold to the pitch and the close. Okay. The hold for that was, you know how, since your niece or your nephew went off to college, you haven't been able to get somebody to do something for you to, 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 to fix your website. You just can't get anybody's attention. And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what we do is we build you a website that not only can you change every picture on, you can change every word on it, but we'll fix it so that you won't screw up the navigation. Would you be interested in finding out more about that? I put my daughter through college and grad school with that simple way of identifying what I did. I don't do that anymore. These days, instead of doing websites, I get asked to look at websites and say, okay, strategically, what should we do and how should we change it? Which mm -hmm. I do, okay? Because it's a, there's a big difference. Uh, so but it always, the, go ahead. So, so now, what's one of the biggest tips for, let's say an entrepreneur that's year zero, not, not year zero, one through six. Okay. One being, one being that this is how, one through six, how many years they've been in business. What would be the biggest strategic factor that can change the way that people are doing business nowadays to, to grow a business? The biggest factor for those individuals in that one to six range? First thing is to find a way to identify yourself so that you are memorable. Okay. You can't go anywhere if you're not memorable. If people don't know who you are and what you do, you're not going anywhere. So number one is to be memorable. Yeah, number one is to be memorable. Second thing that I would advise, if they get started, they get off the ground and they're working, there's, there's really three steps in where you want to be in terms of running any kind of entrepreneurial business. First, be memorable. Second, get to unforgettable. Okay? And third, try to become legendary. You're on your way to becoming legendary, okay, just because of what you're doing and how you're doing it. But let's talk about that first piece. Memorable is that memorable hook. What do you do? It's the answer to that question. You have to be able to do it and do it in their words and their terms quickly and unforgettably. Okay. Just, just, just gotta be memorable. Okay. That will help you if you understand how they're, they're, they're gated, what they're looking for to get a little bit into trust and you can get the brand. You can do all that in 30 seconds or less. Think about that. 30 seconds or less to get you to a brand. Okay. Now, from brand to unforgettable, whoa. First, they have to work with you. They have to be involved with you. They have to engage in some way. And if they do, and you deliver, and you deliver not only what they expected, but like you did last weekend, you go past the expectation and give them a little bit more, you are going to be unforgettable. And when you're unforgettable, they're going to recommend you and refer you. Now, there's a difference between a referral and a recommendation. A referral is just, hey, uh, here's a guy's name on email. You might want to talk to him. Okay? A recommendation is a little different. And, and what I try to teach people is this. If you're going to be recommended, the best way to do it is to do it over a meal. Have that person that wants to recommend you. Invite the person they're recommending you to. Sit down over lunch. And then don't say anything. Let the person who's recommending you tell them about you 
and how you work and what you deliver and how it worked for them. At the end of that conversation, all you have to do is turn to that person you're being recommended to and say, what would you like to talk about that? Ah, I see. So, so it, as long as you provide a, a, the great amount of value, as long as you give a good amount of value. Bingo. Past, past what they expect, essentially. Well, past, give them more value than they expect. And then the difference between recommendation and referral, referral is here's a name and number on a piece of paper or, or here's an email address. However, yeah. And however it's delivered. And then a recommendation is that, hey, I need you to meet this person and to do it over something like dinner where you're connecting with the person and that person talks about you. You don't talk about yourself. Right. Powerful. powerful. So now where's uh, Jerry? I know you're speaking on the progression conference. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you're going to be speaking on when you're speaking on the, the progression conference tour. <clears throat> well, I'm going to be um, in San Diego with you. Um, and possibly Las Vegas. We haven't finished up that one. But anyway, uh, that's where I'll be. And I'll be speaking on 30-second marketing. Now, the thing is, I'm going to tell a little bit of my story, where I came from and how it worked out and so on, which starts with basically the fact that I got fired. <laughs> I was the CEO of an advertising agency, and my board fired me. Uh, Did you own it? Well, I mean, well, oh, well, I had a piece of it, but I didn't own all of it. Actually, I, I got fired after I put it through an employee stock option purchase. So an employees owned it, but the board of directors could fire me, and they did, which is fine. But so I'll start, and I'll talk about how that happened and where I got to. And then I'm going to teach people how to develop that hook, that memorable hook, right in the conference, right there at that time. So when, you're, talk when you're speaking on the progression conference, you're going to share your story, of course, but you're going to also share how to create that 30-second advertising, that 30-second marketing in person at the progression conference where you'll be speaking at. You got it. They're going to learn how to get, build themselves a memorable hook right there. And so, and to make that makes all the difference in, in, in getting things started. I can't give them all of 30 second marketing uh, in, in, in an hour. Uh, no way I can do that. It takes two days or it takes a, a month in terms of the, the, the program that I, I use to train people on that. But the reality is that piece, that memorable hook is so important that, I mean, literally, the most asked question in North America is, what do you do? Yeah. If you don't have an answer for that that makes you memorable, you've just blown it. Wow. Wow. You got to be able to answer that. And that's what Jerry's going to be bringing it to you at the Progression Conference and today on the Progression Show. Jerry's bringing to you, hey, how do you create that 30-second uh, marketing where you throw away the elevator pitch because that's just drowning people in information about you and no one, get, no, no one cares about what you want to do is you want to be able to convey a message, get people to be hooked on you, become memorable, be unforgettable, and then eventually do business with you. And then pass, forget it, get about getting a referral, you should be recommended. And Jerry's going to be breaking that down to you at the Progression Conference where he'll be speaking. Now, thank you so much for your time, Jerry, and for being on the Progression Show. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.